Hey guys, hey ladies, hey friends, hey foes. We just wanted to take a second to remind you that while we're okay swearing when little ears are listening, you might not be, and that's okay. So here's your chance to pause us and wait for nap time, or pop in your earbuds. We hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the podcast. This is Done Playing by the Rules. I'm Jenna. And I'm Janelle. What are we going to talk about? I wish you didn't have a sweatshirt on so that I could see your hives when you talk about love and marriage today. No, this one's good because I'm fired up and we'll get into that. Um, Speaking of, if you guys don't know, you can watch us on YouTube. Our grandmothers do. (laughs) That's where grannies like to watch. They want to see us. Uh, So if you are, you'll be able to see what I'm going to show. If not, we'll kind of describe it. So... I just came back from hanging out at a friend's porch because I had to get out of the house. My husband and I were not on the best terms and I came back (laughs) and he had my podcast little situation set up and a tulip and a note. I have not read the note, but let's just say shit hit the fan before I left. So, you know, things are a little tough when you get a note from you. You haven't even read it. You're just like, I need to record before I give you my Um, forgiveness. (laughs) And I don't know if I'm quite ready to read it. So Jenna and I were talking about this today because we're both, I don't know. I used to think when I first got married that like these hard parts would last forever. And Jenna and I both agreed that the first year of marriage was so hard. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking like, if this is the life sentence, my aunt always calls marriage a life sentence with no parole. (laughs) And I said, if this is the life that I have to live forever in that first year, I was like, this is a mess. Like, I cannot do this. But now after, I don't know, we've been married for eight years, I think. I realized that I am just, we're in a bad week. And you're Mm -hmm. probably in a bad week or a bad, maybe you're in a bad month, maybe you're in a bad year. And I honestly, if you stay married for 40 years, five or 10 of them could be bad overall. Mm -hmm. Hopefully they're not all together, but nobody has 40 blissful years of marriage. Or they're on some good ass drugs and I need a little dose of that. I'm on me and my husband. (laughs) I'd have to go to like illicit street drugs to get any more drugs. I'm not on a lot of drugs and it's still hard. Right. So yeah, we're going to talk about ups and downs of marriage. I think you had something you wanted to share. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to say start that, and then we'll kind of get into like our story a little bit, and then just talk some marriage shit with y'all. Which I'm excited to hear the story too because I didn't remember this until today. So I went back and edited our very first ever podcast that we were never planning to release, Mm -hmm. and now we're releasing it. And you said in there that you guys got engaged after three months, and I didn't realize that. And Josh and I did kind of like a similar whirlwind situation and I don't recommend it, but it did work for us. So (laughs) I wouldn't tell my sweet, like 18 year old niece, I wouldn't tell her to do this, but we got, it worked out okay. So, but the Instagram post I sent to Jenna today was from, um, sit with wit and she's at, at sit with wit on Instagram. Please don't assume that your partner or potential partner has the same beliefs about having children, money, monogamy, where to live, extended family and family involvement or religion. Ask them and talk about it. Mm -hmm. And Josh and I did a really good job about talking about this 
early on, but now we're in that kind of, you know, they call it the seven year itch. And I think the reason is, is because you kind of have to, and I always say like, you have to renegotiate the contract. Mm -hmm. If you're with someone for a long period of time, you have to keep renegotiating the contract because it changes. You Mm -hmm. move someone gets a new job, someone does this, someone goes from traveling to not traveling. The contract is kind of always changing. But Josh and I went on our first date and Josh said, I don't plan to have kids. And I said, well, I plan to have three. And he (laughs) was like, okay. And I was like, so if you really are sure you don't want kids, we are not going on another date. Mm -hmm. And like, so that was on the table from day one. And then like, he was like, I don't know, maybe I'd have kids if I found the right person. And I was like, okay, well, I'm having again, I'm having three. Yes, we stopped at two. But there was know where I was budging on having kids. There's no question. And good for you for like standing your ground. It's like, I know so many people that have gotten into marriages and been like, well, I mean, we didn't really discuss it, but I don't think, you know, and I'm like, oh, y'all got to discuss that. We discussed it and it's changed over the years. I think my husband wanted one and I wanted four. So we're at two and we're good. So yeah. And it changes. It all changes. We were happy living in Texas. And then one day I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I just kind of got that itch. And he was like, let's go. It just kind of all changes. So let's talk about our stories. My husband and I met on match.com before it was cool. I'm so excited to hear this. It was like in the early, I'm really bad with dates. You are. And (laughs) yeah. (laughs) We got married in 2011. So maybe we, I guess we met in 2010. Um, We dated for three months and then we got engaged and I was in a previous relationship for like five years. And my mom was kind of like, oh, like if you get married, I'll support you kind of thing. My dad was like, "Mm." but I think anyone from my dad, he would have been like hard no. And then Brandon told me, that's my husband, that he, after he proposed to me, he told me that he had asked my mom and I'm like, oh my God. What did she say? Because I knew she was kind of iffy about my previous boyfriend of five years. And he was like, oh, she was all for it. And then he texted my mom and she called me and she was all excited. And I was like, wait, you're not questioning this. It's only been three months. And she was like, oh no, baby, this is right. And thank God for her. Three months. Like she'd probably met Brandon a handful of times. My dad had only met him, I think once. So he gave him his blessing, but he was still a little unsure. Um, And he had just moved away to Florida, my dad. So it was hard for him to judge that. But my dad was very supportive of me. And so he trusted my instincts and everything. And it's funny because one of my good friends, I called to tell her. First, I just sent her a picture of the ring. And she was like, no, like she hadn't even met Brandon. And she was like, no. And then she was like, she called me and she was like, are you joking? And I was like, I don't know, am I? And she was like, well, the thing is with you, it wouldn't surprise me. Yes. She's like, you would go from like a five-year relationship to mm. being engaged after three months. Yep. And then <laughs> and then we got married within about a year. I think okay. we started dating in like October or November and we got married that next December. So we had a, a winter wedding. Yeah. So that's how we met and got started. And here we are. Once again, I'm really Happily bad. ever after. <laughs> Nine and a half years later. And we'll get into where we are now in a little bit. Let's hear yours. So Josh and I, I was a waitress at a very well-known state house in Minneapolis. Josh came in for a business dinner. He almost got the other waitress. So he always jokes like, I wish I had gotten Sarah <laughs> when we're like teasing each other. Yeah. And I took his table and it was him and like five older guys. And Josh was significantly younger than everyone. 
And I said to my manager, I said, that guy's going to leave me his number. And I made it a rule to never, because we had a lot of like professional athletes and stuff that came through. And I made it a point to just like straight up never date customers. I had been in a similar like three or four, three-year relationship. And we had broken up uh, right before Thanksgiving, the year before. And Josh and I met, I want to say in February. We went on our first date in April. He left his business card. And I never <laughs> called them. But I te- I texted him and was like, yeah, I'm getting off work. And he was like, oh, I think I've told you this. I love this story. Yes. Oh, I'm staying in this hotel. You should come by for a drink. And I was like, a drink? Oh, okay. Okay, I'm going to come to your hotel, stranger that travels for work that lives in Chicago. In many- I'm going to come your hotel in Minneapolis for a drink like no first of all I don't drink second of all no and he was like oh well I'm going to Canada for a month tomorrow so tonight or never and I was like second lie no thank you (laughs) I was like call me when you get back and I was like that's the end of that and then a month later he called me when he got back and we went on a date and our first date was terrible and then uh we started talking on like God, were we on AIM? Mess- no, we weren't. What was the messenger? But Blackberry AIM? Messenger? There was no. some messenger on your computer, but like it was in that yeah. same time frame because Josh had a Blackberry. There was some Apple Messenger that was like AIM. Okay. And so we started talking on that and he had such great, I remember saying that his grammar was so good and he never mixed <laughs> up the yours, like your, your, oh, your. That's a big thing. That I was like, oh. Yes. And so we started talking and he was funny and interesting. And when I broke up with my boyfriend before him, I said, my next boyfriend has to want to travel, want to move around. And I want to be a stay at home mom. So he has to be on board with that. And like, here comes Josh, like Mm -hmm. travels the world, wants to move around all the time. And then once I convinced him we were having kids, yeah, it was it was always like you're staying home, and I was like I'm staying home. So we dated for like a year. He bought me an engagement ring really early on, but we didn't get engaged right away. And then we broke up for like two months, and then he came groveling back. I still have the email, so I'd like to Ooh. show it to him once in a while, where he like wrote to me, "Please, I'll do whatever it takes." Da, 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 da. <laughs> um, and so then. We got back together and within a week of getting back together, we rented a townhouse together, got engaged because I told him I'd never live with someone I wasn't engaged to. Got engaged. I got pregnant. Wait, wait, wait. Like, you with- had sex before marriage? I did. I did. <gasps> Just with Josh. I ho- sorry, hopefully the sorry, birth Grandma. control. Hopefully the birth control episode is already aired so you know that's not true. <laughs> Um, and so, so we got pregnant. I actually miscarried that baby, which was one of our hardest times. And then we got married like two months later after we got back together, moved in together and got engaged. I think we were engaged for three months and got married. Okay. I have a question for you. Um, so it kind of reminded me our first date was at Starbucks because it was like, I'm meeting this guy off the internet. First of all, I was super embarrassed. So I only told my mom, all my friends, I told I met him through my cousin, which was a complete lie. Um, Like I said, this was before, like this was like online dating was for like old people. And he was an hour late. He was updating me, but... (laughs) The barista oh, can me um, free drinks and um, put his number on the drink. So I always thought that was funny. And I tease him about it. But my question is, was it love at first sight for you? Because when Brandon walked into the Starbucks, 
I was sitting there and he always tells me, you are so much more beautiful than your online pictures. And I always tell him he walked in and I was like, eh, not my type. (laughs) Now, like I am so attracted to him, but at the time, like I had dated just a different type and he came in and he was kind of like preppy and had like spiked hair. And I don't want to say it was like into his looks, but he definitely took care of himself. And I had never really gone for that type. And now I absolutely love it because he actually cares about his looks and he cares about how our kids look <laughs> and how I look. And he like appreciates that. But at this first meeting, it was like, eh. uh, Josh is completely my, every guy I've ever dated. Look, my mom says I date guys that look like cavemen. Like they all <laughs> look, have that same yeah. like, facial feature and they're always big. And he fit like my normal type. But I remember mm-hmm. on our first date, he was like, so I had, I was a waitress. And so I worked like 5pm to midnight usually. And so I had taken a five hour energy because I was so tired. Oh I at that time was not looking for anything serious. And so I used to take and make dating. I used to pepper my dates with questions. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, where do you want to live? How many kids do you want to have? Where do you want this? Where do you? And he was like, it was awful. It was like the worst job interview I've ever been on. And I just thought it was fun. But I remember he was wearing flip flops and it was April in Minnesota. And I was like, no, you don't wear mm-hmm. flip flops on a first date because we like met at a restaurant and he was wearing bedazzled jeans. And wait, wait, where were they bedazzled? Like, on like the, po- the back pockets. Remember when like Ed Hardy <laughs> jeans like, were in? From like buckle or something? <laughs> yes. And so as soon as we got like serious, I made him get rid of them. Yep. On our first date, when we were walking out, he said, how is a girl like you still single? And I said, which will be like everyone who knows, has listened to the podcast knows that my dad passed away. And I said, mm-hmm. I will not get married until I meet someone that is as interesting as my dad. No. And so... Josh is definitely as interesting as my dad, if not more. And so I think he was probably, he says it was a terrible first date, but like he asked me that when we were leaving. Right. So, but then he also didn't try to kiss me on our first date, which had never happened to me before. So I was like, well, Mm -hmm. he's really not into me. And so it was like, it was kind of this weird, like balancing act. So I don't think either of us was love at first sight. I love it. So yeah, don't expect the fairy tale. Like, and that's what I always tell like my single friends or even my brother, like it's not all a fairy tale. Um, No. TV makes it seem like it, but it's not. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. At all. Um, So now we're in year, like I said, I'm pretty sure nine and a half going on. Yeah. Because this will be our 10 coming up. And I will say that year one and then eight dash nine, like currently, have been our hardest (laughs) years. One and current. Right? I feel like people either completely agree that year one is the hardest or they're in such a blissful state that they think it's the absolute easiest. And it kicked our butt. Uh, The word divorce was used. And that I think was the only time it was used. We were struggling. I was working full time and my husband was in school. So he had a little bit of, I don't know the right word for it, but like basically like he felt like he wasn't contributing to our family. I was paying the mortgage and everything. And that was a little hard on him. I did not mind it at all, but I think he comes from a very traditional household. So that was hard for him. And I was working super long hours. So I was exhausted. I was struggling with like some anxiety at the time. And of course, I 
wasn't on medication because I thought I could get off of it after my wedding. Not the best <laughs> choice. And this is kind of when we really realized Brandon had an issue with alcohol. I personally never asked him to stop drinking because I didn't think that was my place as well as I needed it to come from him. And so at yeah. the time, it's something that we were struggling with in our marriage, as well as like, I like to be alone and I like my alone time. And then having someone by you 24 seven was such an adjustment for me that I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, because I lived with roommates, but we had our own bedrooms. And I'm like, I kind of want my own bedroom still. <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with, I mean, people who have their own bedrooms know what's up. That's probably why right? people like move to separate beds once. Yeah. And now we're in, you know, a good place in our marriage in terms of like, we're very stable. We're both doing the careers that we want to do. Just like you, I told Brandon, probably from like the first week we were dating, like, I want to be a stay at home mom. Uh, and so he worked his ass off. And so did I to make that happen. And but I think a lot has changed since we met. Personally, I'm not the same person. Grief and trauma has really changed me. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. But I mean, Brandon even said, like, I've lost some of that like playful attitude. It just, it's something that gets taken Josh away. Josh says the same thing. Josh says mm -hmm. the grief kills the person you married, unfortunately. Yeah. And he mm -hmm. says, I just want fun Janelle back, you know, like to just like, there's just a part of you that I mm -hmm. think, and maybe it comes back in a, maybe on year five, some more of the fun comes back. Yeah. I'm in a hundred percent better place than I was a year ago. Grief wise. So mm -hmm. I hope it will keep improving, but like, there's definitely a part of you that your spouse yeah. loses when you lose a parent. I agree. And like the hardest thing to hear was Brandon said, I had lost some of my spark, That's but he just says too. Yeah. Yeah. And it was really hard to hear, but like. <laughs> He didn't mean it in a hurtful way. I mean, mm -hmm. I was truly asking because that's how I felt. And mm -hmm. I just wanted to know if he could see the it. outside so. world was seeing it. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like my mom was my comfort. She was my support. She's who I went to for advice to vent and everything. And now she's gone. And that has been really, really hard on our marriage because she was my support, but she was also my husband's like my husband yeah. relied on her and she knew some of his deepest secrets that besides her and I, no one else knows. And she really fought for our marriage. And so not having that support system behind us has been really hard as well as throw a pandemic in there <laughs> and yes. toddlers and young kids. Um, it's just, it's been hard. So yeah, it doesn't mean we're in a bad place per se. We're just in a really hard place. And like you said, it can sometimes be a week. Right now we're kind of in like a year <laughs> and it ebbs well, and it's flows. A hard, it's a hard year for everyone right now. Yes. And so even if you were in a great place, there is a heavy burden of stress on everyone right now. And people, Brandon wasn't home every day a yeah. year and a half ago. Josh wasn't home. Like Josh was home yeah. one day a week. Like right. some days not. Yes. And so, and trying to balance you, that is so hard. Like I feel like everyone is in my space, even though it's everybody's home, because I'm not used to everyone being home. I'm used to coming home between school drop-offs or during quiet time being home and being able to knock the house cleaning out. But now it's like, oh, I have to help my husband with this or the kids need this. And it's everyone is home all the time. And it's so hard. And yeah. I see it as like, oh, you're being disrespectful. But I know that's not how he means it. And it's, even when they're trying probably to in the help, letter. Yeah. Oh when they're gosh. trying to help, you're tripping over each other. No matter yes. how big your house is, we're not in tiny houses. And I'm no. still tripping. We're tripping over each other, trying to help each other. 
And, and can I we just talk about like, how like dirty the house is now that everyone's home? Like, oh my god, why is it so dusty all the time? Oh my like, gosh, I feel like I've dust, I feel like I could just wipe dust. Up. Yes, it's so dusty all the time. Get all of your yep. skin cells out of here. Exactly. Like, I can't keep take up. that shit outside. Like, <laughs> take your dusty skin cells outside and shake them exactly. off. Right. And do not come back in unless you are oh. fully clothed head to toe and do not shed any more skin in it's my house. So gross. I feel like all I do is dust because there's so many people in this house. Yeah. That's where we're at currently. So your hardest year was year one. And so our hardest year was definitely year one. And then the year I lost my dad, the six months after I lost my dad, yeah. those were the two times when we threw around divorce. Um, mm-hmm. The first so year, what happened like year Oct- one? So we got married in October, October 4th. So we got married on a Friday and I found out I was pregnant for the second time with now my Zach on Sunday because I didn't feel good. <laughs> so we have been pregnant this, like we did not get any of that. Like, Hey, let's, you know, mm-hmm. enjoy being married time. Like our honeymoon, I was throwing up in parking lots because oh I was gosh. had such bad morning sickness. And so um, at Christmas time, we got in a fight about something and I was so pregnant and hormonal. I would be like two or three months pregnant at the time. I hadn't really emotionally recovered from the miscarriage that I had right before we got married. I mean, I yeah. was like six weeks post miscarriage at our wedding. So I was still kind of dealing with that emotionally. And then Christmas came, something happened. I don't remember. I got in a fight with him or I got in a fight with his mom. And we were supposed to go to Florida to be with his mom that first Christmas. And mm-hmm. I made him go by himself and didn't go. And did he go? Home. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going. And he didn't want to go, but I was like, you're going, you're not mm-hmm. staying here. I need a break from you. And I need to like figure out if we're going to stay married and raise this kid together, or if we're going to cut it right now. Yeah. I had a couple, I call them my, like I have a, my godmother and my fairy godmother, or my two aunts that always like work me through these things. And mm-hmm. I think I went and stayed with one of them for a little bit and just was like telling her all the things that were hard and wrong and this and that. And she walked me through it and we ended up like, he came back from Florida and things were better, but I was so sick that whole pregnancy. And yeah. then Zach was born three weeks early and he had to stay in the NICU only for like a day, but it was like this weird, scary. And then I yeah, went through, so scary. which I talk about on the mental health and meds episode. I went through three medications in the first three months that he was alive for my depression. Mm. And so it was just kind of a really chaotic year, but yeah. We were literally talking about getting divorced Christmas. We got married in October and by Christmas, we were talking about splitting up and I was two months pregnant. And so it's like you said, I like being by myself. I'm Mm -hmm. super independent. I like to do my own thing. I I don't like anyone telling me what to do. Oh, so don't get in the way of me doing what I need to do. And it was all these like quick changes like, oh, now we need to buy a car that's suitable for a kid. So I have to get Mm -hmm. rid of my like car that I love that I bought with my own money for the first time in my life. And like, yeah, we don't, we can't stay in this apartment you love. We have to get this house and we have to move to a school district. And we had to make all these like really grown up decisions within like months of being married Mm -hmm. to like prep for this baby. And it was just like this other person was 50% able to make the decisions that I want to make by myself. And it was just like too quick of a tide change from, I make all my own decisions, make my own money, do what I want. And I lost my job two weeks before we got married. And then we found out I was pregnant. So 
was like, well, you know, I'm not going to go back to work. I'm throwing up all day. So then like, I'm immediately financially dependent on someone else. Yeah. And it was just like one kind of like, I feel like I'm going through a therapy session as I say this, but it was like <laughs> one blow to my ego after another, after another, mm-hmm. after another, that made me feel like I wasn't like an independent woman anymore. And yeah. part of marriage is sharing all of life's decisions and burdens together. But I just don't think I was bought into that. Yet. How old were you when you got married? Both of you? We were, Josh was older than me. So Josh probably was, I think I was 28 and he was 32. Are you glad you waited till you were a little older? Like that's absolutely because I was so (laughs) flaky before that. I didn't really even start becoming an adult until I was like 23, 24. And then Josh and I met a few years after that. And I really like knew what I wanted. The boyfriend I had before Josh, wonderful guy, wonderful family, everything great, but just never wanted to travel. Just didn't have a lot of the Mm -hmm. same interests as me was really into sports, which, you know, like, no, not to um, and so we were probably going to stay in Minnesota and we were going to not travel and we were just going to kind of like do yep. the thing. And I was like, this isn't what I want. And Same. so I'm really glad. Yeah. yeah. I'm glad that I waited and knew what I wanted. Cause when I left that relationship, I said those three things, I want to move around a ton. I want to travel mm-hmm. a ton. And I want to like be with someone that loves adventure like me. Like Jenna knows Josh and I almost bought an RV and traveled around the country for a year last year. Like actually we both did. And then we like, yeah, we were like, oh, because we were in the same situation. Like yeah. I wanted someone that if I was ever like, hey, I want to up and move, they would come along. And yeah, that is ready to through go. and through. And yeah. my ex was not at all like that. Like, like if Josh sure came home tonight, we yeah. yeah. If Josh came home tonight and I said, like, we moved two days ago, so we're not moving. But if I said, like, I want to go to Cabo for the weekend, we would go to Cabo for the weekend. Oh, yeah. Like I told is- my husband recently, I was like, you were there. I was like, if you're remote forever, <laughs> would you be open to moving to Hawaii? And what did he say? He was like, hell yeah. And yeah. then we started and looking you, at houses. Like Exactly. This is how we make decisions together. Yep. And that's the type of adventure I want for my life. Yes. There's no question. And if I had married any younger, I wouldn't have been as sure in myself mm-hmm. as I was. And I would have married someone that wasn't a good match for that. Well, I'm going to say I got married young. <laughs> I was like <laughs> newly 24. So first of all, Ooh. if I was my parents and my, at the time, 22, 23 year old came to me after three months, I would be like, Oh, hell no, honey. Get back in. I kind of agree with you. See, I was old, so it was not a big, but like, oh my God. Yes. And I don't know what I would, and of course, I felt so mature. Even when I had my first baby in my 20s, I was like, oh, I'm so mature. Like, oh, hell no, you're not. Like, so I was actually talking to a friend about this recently. I think it did make our marriage a little harder because we were both so young and had these huge things to go through. However, I would not change it because when I lost my parents, my dad had started declining before I got married. So Brandon got to see a little glimpse of him, but not the full, the wonderful man I grew up with. Yeah. As well as he really got to know my mom. And I really think it was a blessing because my mom helped him through some of his hard years. So I wouldn't change it in terms of that. But I will say, I think it made our struggles a lot harder. As well as we were at the time, the only couple that was married and That was hard because everyone talks about getting married and it sounds like this wonderful, great (laughs) thing. But when you're the only friend couple that's married, it's very lonely. I mean, you're a married couple. So whenever my friends did start to get married and I met other married couples, I mean, that was probably like three years later. And then I was like, okay, this is cool. But that that also put a strain on that first year. Well, I I can't even imagine because I remember when I like being like, oh, so-and-so 
Joe's married. I guess they're yeah. out, out of the like. That what was that me. You want to cut me out? <laughs> yeah, you're out of here, Jenna. You're out. Right. <laughs> but like when I was in my the age you were married, I was going. I mean, I wasn't. I didn't drink, but I would still go to bars to meet guys and go to concerts yeah. to meet guys and go places to meet guys. And so yeah. I wanted my girlfriends that wanted to go meet guys too. Right. Well, and I was like, I still want to go out, but trying to like figure out that whole like married life balance and it was hard. Yeah. 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 And I think personally having children really put a strain on our marriage, good and negative. Like I saw my husband in a whole other light. Yeah. I think it's hard for a lot of times one of the spouse, spouses, spice. Spouse, yes. <laughs> Partners. <laughs> Partners. There we go. Um, because your attention goes from them to this child and yeah. my child my firstborn was so difficult that we looked at each other across the room and said, what the hell did we do? Mm-hmm. We are also in our 20s <laughs> and didn't have any friends with kids. It was hard. Plus, you have the lack of sleep. And it was it was really hard. And then we had an added parenting strategies. Like We're like, okay, we're going to be the best kick-ass parents. We're going to be so laid <laughs> back. We're going to do this. We're going to be these hippie organic parents. Well, all that goes out the window because we struggle with breastfeeding and we didn't yeah. anticipate that challenge. And my husband had a hard time understanding why I didn't just go to formula, why instead I would sit there and cry and feed my baby and not just go <laughs> straight to formula. And it just, all these ideas I think you have when you get married and before you have kids and, oh, well, when we face these challenges in our marriage, this is how we're going to approach it. Well, all that kind of goes out the window. So you learn really quickly how not easy, breezy, beautiful you are when shit hits the fan and you have a new baby because yeah being like i'm going to be a fun flowy easy good time parent and then your your boobies don't work so and so is allergic like we didn't couldn't figure out why zach was so hysterical all the time when he wasn't gaining weight and it was like oh Mm -hmm. because he's allergic to eggs and dairy that i'm giving him through my breast milk and then you switch to soy and then you're fighting because you have to go find goat's milk at random Mm -hmm. whole foods in the middle of the night. Josh is calling all the whole foods in the Twin Cities area looking for goat's milk because it's the only kind of milk that Zach can drink and being cool and fun and newly married or and having kids. And one of Josh's old co-workers described this stage that we're in a parenting as the hair on fire stage where you're kind of just running around and your hair's on fire all the time and nobody notices. Right. And it's full chaos. It's all the time. And that really takes the sexy out of marriage. It really (laughs) does. And then let's just throw in their social media on top of that. Either I feel like you see either perfect marriages and expect that or marriages that are in shambles and then the person just quickly goes Mm -hmm. to divorce and then it's like, okay, well, I can do that too. And we get all these expectations and it's hard. Like I have to get off of social media when shit kind of hits the fan with us because personally, I don't post when shit is hard in our marriage on social media because nobody does. I don't think. Well, and that's not my priority. Like today when we had a hard day, my priority was I need to get out of this house. I need to go meet up with a friend and kind of get those endorphins going. And we need some time to kind of filter what just happened. It's not, oh, I'm going to post this right now. When things are good, I'm like, oh, I'm going to share that. So that's not even like my first instinct. So we don't really see that. And and I think honest. that's like, good that you point. That. Like, no, and I think that's good that you point that out. And what you're doing is right. And that's one lesson I have learned in marriage. And I've told you this before. I try not to speak poorly of my husband to right. people, yeah. but that can be a double-edged sword because 
you and I both were having hard times in our marriage and you and I talk about everything and we weren't telling each other this last like 48 hours until I sent you like a meme of like how we were (laughs) going to murder our husbands or something. And you're like, me too. And so I think what you said is really important for people to take note of is you knew you needed. So you're not Mm -hmm. like following him around telling him what he did wrong and what he needs to fix. You said your piece, Mm -hmm. you left and did what you needed, which was, and you use the word filter. You went and filtered your feelings. I Mm -hmm. pretty much can guess that you did not go over to your friend's house and talk shit about Brandon. We didn't even talk about (laughs) Exactly. And so this is something that women get wrong, I think. And I've seen it with my own eyes. I've been in relationships where I've done this. Don't have a fight with your spouse and then go out and fester over the fight with Mm -hmm. your spouse. Have a fight with your spouse, leave the house, go take care of yourself Yes, and filter through the feelings and then come back with a clear head. Right. We're just, and and I get into, because Josh thinks that fights aren't over until we've come to a resolution. Like I don't fucking play like that. No, I need to cut it say, let's pick this up later. What I used to do pre-COVID, which I am looking forward to doing again soon, whenever we had a big fight, I'd be like, I'm leaving and I'm going to get a pedicure. And I would go get a pedicure, center myself, think, realize nothing is as bad as it feels when you're in that like Mm -hmm. fight or flight mode, not talk bad about him or go with a girlfriend and not talk about my husband. Let it kind of just like wash over me and then come back and reevaluate the situation and see if it's as big as it really is. I agree completely. And I think a lot of times, like you bring up a good point when we sit there and we bash our husbands to our friends. First of all, that makes your friend feel awkward when they're around him next. Second of all, there's one of two things going on usually in your marriage. Either your husband is a complete dick bag and Mm -hmm. you need to either address that or get out, or you're completely missing the point that you're a big part of this problem. Over the years, I have come to realize it's our problem. It's not his problem. It is a problem in our marriage. It's not just him. And I have to own up to that. And I have to sit there and work through that as well as be upfront with him. Like I'm struggling because of X, Y, Z, instead of just pointing the finger over and over to him, because that's not going to get us anywhere at all. And we already struggle with communication, both of us. And it's just, it just makes everything just so much harder when you bring in an outside source. And then what if your friend is like, oh, honey, like it's time to cut the cord and you don't, do you put a strain out on that friendship? Yeah. You know, and if you're the one saying that and your friend doesn't take your advice, are you going to be butthurt? Come yeah. On. And I try really hard not to give people marriage advice. I'll give mm-hmm. you kid advice all day if you ask. But right. if someone, you know, I I will brag about Josh and be like, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Get yourself a Josh. Like, yeah, because he has we both so many. Say that our husbands, even yeah, though he has yeah. so many great attributes. But then he just mm-hmm. does some real dumb shit. But I do dumb shit too. And right? he isn't going around back. I know for a fact, like one of his coworkers told me once, and this is like a guy who cannot lie. And he said, mm-hmm. Josh is the only guy that I know that never talks bad about his wife or his kids and always can't wait to come home. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah, that is a good man. 
But right. I'm a dickhead too sometimes. He yeah. does stuff that's dumb. I do stuff that's dumb. And mm-hmm. I'm just a lot more vocal about it. And like, honestly, <laughs> we've also had to learn how each other, I use the word fight, but I guess it's strongly disagree. <laughs> um, <Hey>. Because <laughs> I am one, I'm going to say my piece and then I need a minute to cool off and filter what just happened or I'm going to lose my shit and say something or do something I regret. Yes. Brandon, like Josh, once it resolved, right this second. So for instance, today, and I already had these plans to meet up with a friend. It just happened to work out perfectly. So I kissed the babies and I'm like, you guys, I'm having a hard time. Mommy needs to go filter through her thoughts. And I get in the car and Brandon calls me and I was like, no, I cannot talk to you right now. I am listening to podcasts. I am thinking through my feelings. I need time. And he's like, but, and I'm like, no. And I just had to find down. And I was like, I am hanging up now. I need this time. And luckily he respected it, but he does struggle with that, even though it's every Did it take him a while? Because like Josh now will respect it. But in our earlier years, I'd hang up at him and he would call and call and call and call and call. Oh, if I hung up on him, he would have called and called. But I was like- Oh, see, sometimes I, I, no, yeah. Like I'll say like, I have to go. You're not respecting me saying I have to go. So I'm going to hang up now and he's still talking. But in our earlier years, he would have called and texted and been like, you need to pick up. And now he knows you she'll come around. (laughs) Well, in our earlier years, sometimes I would just be like, I need to get out. And I would just leave. And I think that drove him crazy because he would be like, where is she going? And like, he knew where I was going this time. And I think it was a little different. I was going to like a safe place, you know, and he knew about when I would be back. Oh no. There were times when Josh and I were probably dating, maybe engaged. And I straight up got out of the car and he, I would like get away. I would get out of the car. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, this wasn't drunken behavior. This was one time on the way to church. He yeah. made me so mad on the way to church. I straight up got out of the car, left, walked to a payphone, called, I think, a taxi because there weren't Ubers yet. I, would I did that just... with one of my exes, but I was the complete dick and I called my dad to pick you up. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> oh, you don't come one. back from that one, honey. Not no, me. No, you don't. You're, you're done. Yeah. You're done. Okay. So the other area of our marriage personally that we struggle in is communication since day one, either over communication or under, and you might think over communication, like what it's always on my part because I just sit there and I and I expect the same from him and I don't get that back. And then I'm like, well, what's wrong? What are you hiding? This was more early on in our marriage. When drinking was an issue, I yeah. got insecure about, okay, if you're hiding this, then what else are you hiding kind of thing? Yeah. And I feel like then our communication got decent. We did do couples therapy year one and it was good-ish. I feel like my husband did try and put on a little show, which is very, very common. Like things yeah. are great. Things are okay. Versus I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like looking at him like, what house are you living in, honey? So, and then we did recently right before COVID. So I guess it was over a year ago, but our therapist was not the right match. And we just, and then COVID hit. But now that we're in year coming up on 10 of marriage, I feel like our communication honestly is worse because we're so comfortable that we're not communicating as much. And it's, I always say to my husband, I'm not a fucking mind reader. And the other, oh my gosh, the other day we were in the laundry room and I did not know the kids were out in the kitchen. And I lost my shit on Brandon. And he he 
said something and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm a fucking mind reader. Did you know that I can read minds now? Like being sarcastic. And so then my kids, so then I walk out and my kids are like, why are you so excited? And I was like, oh, you know, I was just talking with daddy. And they were like, okay, let's say mom, can you read our mind? And so then I had to play this game with them. And I was like, oh shit. Was so, Brandon like, are you proud of yourself now? That's a gesture I always do. Are you happy with yourself now? Right. How do you feel now, honey? So mm, cute. So, yeah. We're in a communication lull. Plus, we're around each other all the time. And so before he would call me on his way home from work, and we would always use that time on the phone to catch up and chat. And now it's like, oh, you're off work. Can you help with the kids so I can go run? Or can you so the communication is just really not there right now. And there's not much time for date nights. And anytime the kids go to grandma's house, we're just exhausted. And we're like, we want to zone out to a movie or I fall asleep at nine o'clock and all that just goes out the window. Like it really does. And also, I mean, we've never been star communicators. I am quiet and like, like to keep everything in Mm -hmm. and Josh likes to discuss everything until we come to a resolution. And he says to me all the time, like, how's your podcast? And I'm like, good. He'll ask me like, how's your workout? Good. He's like, you're literally talking to a teenager Mm because you just stay like, good. That's how Brandon communicates. And I don't get it. The only time he wants to really communicate is when I lose my mind and I get to that breaking point. And I'm like, I need it before then. Before I embarrass myself in front of the neighbor (laughs) or children. Oh, I'm sure our neighbors have heard it. I don't know where anybody's supposed to learn the etiquette of communicating correctly. I mean, I'm Mm -mm. assuming like, I don't think premarital counseling, like, you know, you're supposed to go through premarital counseling at your church or whatever. But I, Josh and I can just have completely different communication styles. I think I'm the Brandon and Josh Mm -hmm. is the Jenna. And And I think that's fine. Like if not, you guys are sitting there talking all the time or not talking at all. And I think that balance, it's, it makes it harder it makes but it, it keeps it interesting. But also the expectations during COVID have changed a lot. Like you oh said, gosh. Brandon used to call you on his way home. You'd catch up on the day and then you would do dinner. And now there's an expectation that if they're in the house, they're going to help a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Josh will be like, well, no, I'm still working. Like I can't, you can't just run off in the middle of the day all the time because I have work calls. And yeah. It's like, we don't have the ground. Like I, he's like, can I just share my outlook schedule with you? And I'm like, no, I don't want to see what uh, you Brandon said that too. I was like, I don't no. want that child. Get your schedule away from me. No, I don't want to look at your schedule of phone calls. I can't know. Right? But I, it's hard because you have to do remember, you do have to remember that they are working, but also like your body's in the house. So can you please yeah. like wipe one kid's butt while I wipe the other kids? Like, mm-hmm. Exactly. And we've also struggled the opposite. I'm like, I am going to lose my shit with you here or without you here. So when I start screaming, just press mute on your computer. You don't need to come out and try and solve it because it's going to cause a whole other layer. Yeah. And I don't need that. Like this is how our normal everyday life is. And he still does struggle with that as well as he's here for all the kids moments. And so before it was like, Oh, look at this video that Peyton did and all this stuff. And I felt like there was a little mystery to our relationship. Like I was alone all day. You have no idea what I did all day. I know you're at work, but I'm a stay at home mom. You have no idea. And now it's like, he knows every move. I Every move. Like what part? Oh, so you went to the restroom two times today. You're not hydrated enough. Like, (laughs) come on. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, he doesn't do that. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but it's very true. And Zach and I had an argument this morning and it was completely resolved. And I had handled it like with all of my proper like training of, mm-hmm. you know, getting on his level and discussing it with him. We were talking about breaking promises and Josh got his second COVID shot yesterday. So he wasn't feeling good. So he had promised Zach he'd play his Ninja Turtle game with him this morning before he left for work. And Josh was like, well, I am not feeling good. So, and Zach was like, you broke your promise. And so I went over, it was Zach. I was like, remember when mommy got her second shot, she had made a promise with you. I think mm-hmm. we were going to go to your house and I couldn't because yeah. I was sick. And I was like, so sometimes when someone's sick, they have to break a promise and that doesn't count as breaking promises. And right. I'm really sorry that you're disappointed, buddy, but this is a part of life and that's not a broken promise. It's something that came up unexpectedly. And he was like, okay. And it was over. And then here comes Josh Uh, over the stairs and like interjects like another sentence that sends Zach back into spiral. And I was like, I don't know where you came from. I don't know what you're doing here, but no, thank you. We had this complete, and I like looked at him and was like the worst. Yeah. But everybody has to learn a whole new mode of communication with everybody home now. Yeah. And then when he goes, if they go, if he goes back to work, like that's going to be a whole other thing again. Like you're not to learn all again. Call me and you know, he'll forget what he used to do. And oh, I I love, and like you said, I loved when Josh traveled all the time because like I got to miss him. And then when he came home, I was like, hey, baby. Right. And now Brandon used to like send me the sweetest messages when he was at work. And Granted, I was usually in the car or something, so I wouldn't always respond. But now I'm like, what the fuck? Can you at least leave me like a love note or a love letter? Like, well, now you got your fucking wish, homie. I have this one on my desk. And if you're watching this on YouTube, you can see it. It was from one of our podcasts that he listened to. And it's a poop and then a person's head. So poop head, great podcast. So that's my (laughs) love notes now. And before they used to be like, you are the most beautiful. You're the best wife. You're the best mom to our kids. I love you so much. And now I could just get poop head. But I mean, I mean, I'm not, head. Uh, I kind of like the poop head a little more. So I know I kind of <laughs> feel like that sometimes it's like, I, I remember there was a commercial on when I was a kid that was like, you know, when lace, when her lacy underwear get replaced with the like holy <laughs> rubber ducky underwear, that's when, you yes. know, it's like, it, like, I love the holy ducky underwear part of it. Mm-hmm. So I totally get that. And Josh still leaves us notes when he tries, here's your coffee. I hope you have a good day. Aww. Like he did on St. Patrick's Day. And that was like a month and a half yeah. ago. And he left the kids a bunch of money and was like, here's some money for mom too. Like, go, you guys go shopping and get some new toys. Oh, that's cute. That's really (laughs) cute. They're still, they still are so sweet and wonderful, but 10 years in or seven years in or however far in, there's definitely been ups and downs and there's definitely speed bumps along the way. And when you lose a parent or you lose a job or you move as much as Josh and I have, have a baby, get Babies don't fix it. And that's another part is people think like, oh, I'm going to have a baby and it'll make things better. Or like I asked my fairy godmother and my godmother for some of their um, marriage advice. And one of them was this shit that bugs you before you're married is going to bug you 100% more when you are married before marriage and after marriage. And so- Don't think you're going to get married to fix a problem. Don't think you're going to have a baby right. to fix the problem. That should be yeah. elementary, but also it can be, it can't be repeated enough. <laughs> I like that. And let's like going off that, let's talk about like some of the advice we received. Cause my dad said something similar. I can't remember it verbatim. I'm trying to remember when you were saying that, but it was basically, I had broken up with a boyfriend of the long term 
And I was struggling because I was having a little panic attack thinking, will someone ever love me? Was this my one chance kind of thing? Yeah, I've had a lot of those. And I think everyone does. And even if you're in a bad part of your marriage, you're like, was this the right choice? And he told me something. He was like, why did y'all break up? And I told him and it was basically, I think I want this out of a marriage and a partner and I want this and this and he doesn't meet those criteria. And my dad basically told me, those are not things you can change about a person. And if you are sitting there in a relationship trying to change a person, then it's not meant to be. There's not going to be someone you meet and you love or even like every single aspect and tick and trait that they have. But if you can accept them and be okay with it, then that's your person. And he was like, yeah. there's things about your mom I do not agree with. I do not love. Like She does some annoying shit, but I accept it and I can live <laughs> with it. However, if she had a trait that I could not get past, And I had resentment towards that, like she would not be my person. And I was like, that was a good point. Like I could not instill the want for travel and adventure and for a better life and for motivation was a big one in my last marriage. And you cannot instill that in somebody that has to come in your last relationship. Yeah. Not, not in your last marriage. (laughs) Did I say marriage? I've not been married in my last relationship. Josh was married before, so we're not judging people that were married before. But Brandon's Jenna gonna listen to like, it and be like, "What?" <laughs> I'll edit it out. Wink, wink. Um, Sorry, and so yeah, like I couldn't look past that. And there's things about Brandon that I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, but I can accept it because he yeah. has all the other qualities that I need. And I know there's stuff about me, like he's like seriously. But does like it's so true? Does Josh chew loud and breathe loud? Fuck yeah way too loud. But when my dad dies, is Josh going to drive me across the country in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. and pay for his funeral? Also, yes. Exactly. No (laughs) questions asked, like no no motivation needed. None. Not a second thought. When do you want to leave? What can I pack? And here's my credit card. Like exactly. That is how you, or when your kid is sick, is your husband more worried than you are? And like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) those are parts of people's deeds. DNA that you can't change. Right. And everybody just hates how long I, I really brush my teeth for like seven <laughs> minutes every time I brush my teeth and he thinks that's annoying. Everybody has traits yeah. that are annoying, but there right. are intrinsic qualities of human mm-hmm. beings. The love of travel, the love of moving, the love of adventure, the fly by the seat yeah. of your pants that you can't change about a no. person. And I feel Hating like if you're sports, in a relationship, right? You can tell if someone is kind of faking it to make you happy. And look at that red flag. Well, Um, and us women, like I fake who I am for relationships before. And I think women fake who they are for relationships a lot. And that shit is so over. And Josh always has said, Josh is very, I want to do an episode sometimes where Josh just tells it like it is. Because Josh (laughs) always says, if a guy isn't beating down every obstacle in the way to be with you, he is not worth your time. Josh is like, I would have done anything to be with you. Mm -hmm. And any guy that is not calling you, texting you, staying in touch with you, sending you postcards, going to the store to buy you, like anybody that's not doing those things is not your person. (laughs) Ignore that bullshit of like, you need to wait X amount. Do whatever you want to do and you will find the person for you. Brandon texted me that night after I got home, at first, my first instinct was like, oh, he's needy. Too soon. And I was like, wait, wait, wait. I like this shit. Like I, yeah. I, like, I need to just like ignore the preconceived notion that this is not acceptable. And it was 
it was perfect. And now I got that man. So, well, and Josh and I went on our first date and then like a week later, he was like, do you, I'm, I have to work in Vegas this weekend. Do you want to come? And I was like, yeah. And yeah. everybody's like, that seems a little bit soon. And I was like, but that's the kind of adventure yep. I want. So I'll see you in Vegas. And on the flight home from Vegas, he told me he loved me. And Aww. I was like, he was like, you don't have to say it back if you don't want. And I was like, no, I love you too. And like, that was it. Done. And that is how I wanted my life to be. And I didn't want it to be like, let's wait three days. Then you wait three days. Then like, that's not, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't do that. Yeah. Another piece of advice I received it was from our first counseling session. He sat us down and he was like, what is love? And I was like, oh man, like, let me go, let that's me Google hard. that real quick. Yeah. <laughs> and so I tried to give a definition about feelings and emotions and everything. And Brandon did as well. And he was like, okay, I think this is something we need to talk about. And he was like, you guys need to view love as a choice. You're not going to wake up every day and it's rainbows and butterflies. Mm -hmm. You need to wake up on those hard days, those hard years and say, this is hard shit. He probably didn't say shit. He was a Christian counselor. This is some hard (laughs) poo-poo. Um, but I, (laughs) I am going to choose to love this person today. No matter what else I do, I choose to love them. And that was the best advice because again, you think it should be every single day. Oh my gosh. I love you, baby. I love you. No, it's not. Roll over here with your morning breath and let's just be in love. And after you've been pulling the covers off me all night, we've had a kid kicking us in the face. Like, right. No, you do. Yeah. And I, so I'm glad you said that because I need to remember that sometimes too, because I really do just expect to wake up in love every day. And right. it's not realistic. It's not at all. <laughs> it's not at all. And I also have gotten better. I'm still not great at it. Of telling Brandon when I'm having a hard time instead of just bitching out. And yes. the other day I was feeling anxious. We had just released one of our episodes and that always makes me a little anxious because it's it's out there. Uh, I can't remember it's everything private. I said. And yeah. we talk about, we've always said we record these episodes as if no one will ever hear them. And yeah. when, and I've had the same thing. I've messaged you and been like, it released today. I can't listen right. to it. Can someone listen to it? I'm t- I, I can't yeah. remember it. <laughs> and we were struggling with homeschool and the house was a mess. It was just one of those days. And I'm sure it was somewhere in my cycle phase where hormones were raging. And I just looked at him and I was like, I am in the worst mood. I need the tightest hug you can give me. And then I need you to leave me alone. And he gave me a tight hug. And then he was like, I got the kids go work out. And this is like between his calls. And that took me a long time to just be like, you know what, today is one of those days where I'm not feeling it. So I'm not going to try and fake it. And that has really helped our marriage. Brandon's not there yet. We still struggle on that communication. But I think that's completely different for a guy as well as he's not as in tune to his emotions. Yeah, I'm not either. I'm learning now. I'm working. Yeah, it's hard. (laughs) This is one that has helped me a lot. And I think it goes both ways. So you are only as happy in your if you're a stay at home mom, Mm -hmm. you're as only happy at your job as your husband is at his job. And that to me has been really important because Josh has gone through a lot of jobs and as he becomes unhappy, we don't stick with it. And yes, Mm -hmm. we are 
really lucky that he is so employable, Mm -hmm. but I think it goes both ways. If you're in a dual income house, also Mm -hmm. your partner or any human being is only as happy as they are in their job. And not everybody gets to do their dream job. My husband, and I don't think we'll ever have a dream job, Mm -hmm. but every job choice we make is to get him closer to happiness because staying home with my kids is my ultimate happiness. But if I was chasing a career, my husband would only be as happy at home as I, it's, it just works for everyone. So consider if your husband is having a hard time at work and you stay home, they're not as happy as you are because your situation is kind of stable. And if you're dual income, it goes both ways. Mm -hmm. Whoever stays home is only going to be as happy as your partner is in their career. That is so true. I pick up on his energy like nobody's nobody's business. business. And when Josh isn't happy in his job, we start planning for the next one. And I will move and go wherever I need to go so he can be as happy as I am. And that's something we've always And it's a sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not pretend me leaving Richmond and leaving you and leaving our commune was not a sacrifice, Mm -hmm. but my husband being as happy as I am or as close to it is important to Mm -hmm. me. And so that bit of advice has gotten me through 10 moves at this point, you know? And that was like, I know we said, we just kind of like decided we didn't want to be in Texas anymore. But part of that was also my husband wasn't as happy in his job. It was a very small company. He didn't see a lot of opportunity for growth and he was kind of getting bored There was nothing wrong with the job. Mm -hmm. There was one position above him. That person was not retiring or leaving anytime soon. So he was just kind of stagnant. And so that also played like a huge role in it. And we moved to Richmond and he's on his second job since we've moved here. And he loves it. And it makes the world of difference. And it's not saying he has a perfect, happy everyday day. Like the other day, his three hours worth of work didn't save. And so it's true. It reflected into our home life, which reflected into my job as a stay-at-home mom. And I like that. That's really good advice. Well, and it goes both ways. Like, and being stagnant Mm -hmm. in the job is hard for people. I have a female best friend that is very career-driven And she keeps going up and up and up and up and up in her company. And she has 2.5, two kids and one on the way. She is thrilled with her job because she can keep moving forward. And so if your spouse shows frustration with a stagnant job, Mm -hmm. support them. I have written every one of my husband's resumes. As soon as he starts to get unhappy, I say, email me your resume. I'm going to get to work on it. As soon as he says, I'm looking at a job here, here, and here, I say, I prefer, and I rank the city. Like we are a team in this. And I think people need to realize that if you're going to, you have, it has to work both ways and you have to be super supportive of it, even if you don't want (laughs) to. And even if you're helping them, you don't have to do everything together. That was like a big thing for us. I felt like when my husband was struggling to find a job. So after he graduated, well, I guess he didn't graduate. He dropped out. <laughs> it was like graduate school. We're like, let's let's get a job. I felt like it was my responsibility to help him. And it was to some extent. But at the same time, like this is our first or second year of marriage. And I'm like, we have to do this all together, all together, everything together. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh... and that was like a hard learning curve for us, even during COVID. Like you, one, you don't have to do everything together. Two, you don't have to share the same interests. Like at night, sometimes we'll watch TV together, but sometimes I, like, I don't love a lot of TV. Yeah. I get bored and then I get like ping pong brain and I start thinking about other things. Like I would rather read or work on podcast stuff. And so sometimes I'm like, go in the other room. And at first he's like following me around like a little puppy dog. (laughs) 
I'm trying to like shake him off. And so finally I'm like, um, well then I'm just going to watch the bachelor and that sure enough gets him out of the room. Oh, uh, Josh loves that shit. If I watch the best, Josh he? loves the, Oh my God, the trashier, the TV, the better. Also, yes. I want to know if you think Brandon's going to be more offended by you claiming to have a first husband or calling him a puppy dog that followed you around. <laughs> first husband for sure. He's more the jealous type. <laughs> But at the same time, we don't do everything together, but we respect each other's needs, wants, passions. He loves technology and I could give two shits about it. Yeah. He set me up with all of this stuff. Like I didn't have an iPad. I have a phone. Brandon is the producer of Jenna's entire end of done playing by the rules. He really (laughs) is. But at the same time, I know he wants to share that with me. And so like when he gets a new gadget, I'll act interested because it brings him joy. Like I'm not faking it. I can just see it brings him joy. And I'm like, oh, show me that. Show me more. That's really helped our relationship. Not thinking that I have to be a part of his like technology thing. Like, no, show me your after product. And I really enjoy working out. And he's like iffy. And so I tried to make him work out with me. And that was just like torture. Because then he's in a grumpy mood. And then I'm like, I don't want this in my space. Like, get your negativity out of here. Yeah. But he'll support me and buy me all the little gadgets for it. You know what I mean? So it's like support, but not everything. Oh my God, Josh is the same way. You know, my husband is not working out. But when the pandemic hit, (laughs) no, I tried to convince him to go for a run the other night and he wasn't having it. Um, But he, when the pandemic hit, he was driving all over the state to find me. I remember that. Remember that? He was was like Virginia Beach while you were asleep. Yeah. Well, I napped one day to buy me weights. And so, like, he's super supportive. But but we don't share all the same interests. I am really into like learning new things and researching yeah. child psychology. And like, I also bypass Jenna sometimes because I know her husband's into like tech and stuff. And I'll send Jenna an article and be like, what does Brandon think about Bitcoin and NFT? Oh, he loves it. <laughs> He loves to like talk to somebody. I know about he it. likes stuff like that, and I like stuff like that. But Josh doesn't. I mean, Josh does like a lot of stock market, but he's not into like the tech side of things, right? And so I'm like, I know Brandon will like it, so I right? just send it to Jenna to tell Brandon. But oh, when Janelle's over, he'll like come out and be like, "Have you seen the latest article?" Like, yeah, and we like go over it's really funny. on things. <laughs> yep. And I'm like, what? But, yeah. And we're, we're just like, okay, anyway. Um, another really important thing that one of my fairy godmother slash godmothers told me, which I hadn't thought about, is she said she writes her husband a honey-do list to avoid nagging. Mm-hmm. And I am working. Okay, so I don't. And I love writing lists, as you know, like everywhere mm-hmm. is a list. But I don't write Josh a list and I follow him around and nag at him. She sent me that and I was like, shit, I yeah. should do that. And so I'm going to start writing a list of things I need him to do instead of mm-hmm. I set things out. Like I set Mikey's toothbrush out on the counter, assuming he'll know it needs the batteries replaced. Mm-hmm. I had to do the batteries. No. He probably I never set- saw that toothbrush there. He didn't. It's just ended up back in Mikey's bathroom with no new batteries yeah. in it. And I was like, why did you think I brought it downstairs right. to just they look at it in that. the basement? And yeah. so I was like, why did I don't ever write for him what I want him to do? And then I'm shocked he doesn't get it. Our so only nagging say- does come in when he doesn't do his list and or he'll do part of it and then check it off. And I'm like, <gasps> that doesn't count. That would make me furious. Uh, my husband, I think, also struggles with some ADD. And so it's very common. It's kind of like a joke, or it was a joke between my mom and I. One Thanksgiving, I told my husband, I asked him to bring in two extra chairs for guests 
and set the napkins at their place settings and fill the waters. I called my mom over because there is a chair in the hallway. There's a chair on the side of the room. Half the glasses are filled up and the napkins are off like in a completely other room. And I'm just like- This is me. Brandon is me. Right? And so (laughs) he thought- no one asked me to do anything. And now he's in the kitchen like helping cook. And I'm like, did you do all that? And he's like, No, something more exciting came up, Jenna. Yeah. But in his mind, he's like, check. And so that is something we struggle with. As well as the general vicinity. Yes. I've had to kind of give a, I need this done by, and it's usually like a week. Like if it's something important, like say we're going to the dentist and I need them to print forms. I need this done by Tuesday because if not, he's like, this has no date. So it's it's just going to sit here, right? (laughs) And so that's been our modification to the list is there are certain things we'll all write like Tuesday or now or This should have been done last week. Remember last week? I still need it. Off of that, I think my biggest piece of advice, and we struggle, but we have gotten better, is learn your spouse's love language and act on that. Not yours. Brandon's is gift giving, if that's the right term for it. Yeah. And mine is. is acts of service. So don't come in here bringing me a fucking Gucci bag and expect me to be dis- excited about it. Like if we I mean, just I'll had this huge, about it. I guess my <laughs> other one is also, what is it? Quality time, which kind of goes into like the communication, but acts of service in terms of like, I don't want him to wait on me, but almost anticipate what I need. So if he Ooh, sees okay. I'm struggling, he comes out and helps. He doesn't interrupt, interfere. If he sees I have a to-do list on the counter, he goes over and he's like, okay, I can knock out taking out the trash and he just does it for me. It's not, what do you want me to do? What do you need me to do? That kind of stuff. So yeah, don't expect me to be all excited if he we got into this huge fight and there was like a Gucci purse. So I'm assuming he kind of worked on it and that's why he wrote me a note because usually he would have gone out and bought me something, honestly. He would have run up to the little antique store on the corner and picked up something. However, and I'm going to put a however on there. If I have been, if I have mentioned something or he notices something that I have said I want, and then he gives that to me as a gift for Christmas, like this Christmas, he did so good. There were so many things he got me that I don't even remember mentioning throughout the year. So that means he went in and he took a little mental note or like actually probably a physical note because he can't remember anything. And he got him for me for Christmas. And that meant the world to me, not the gift, but the action. Well, because it. what you're describing is him anticipating Mm-hmm. basically a future need. You mentioned right. something you wanted and without him interjecting himself into your life, he just provided yeah. something for you. So that exactly. directly falls into your love language. Yeah. And the year before he got me, I think like a piece of jewelry and it was like really expensive. And I'm just like, okay, I'm sure he spent half the amount of money this last year, but it was everything that I wanted. It was all like <laughs> relaxation yeah. stuff. I do the so. same. And Josh's love language is gift giving and mine is words of affirmation. And Ooh. so Josh provides zero words of affirmation. That is basically our biggest fight. Yeah. And I have, I, and I didn't really realize this until we were kind of researching for this episode. And I had said, I unbeknownst to myself, always worked in jobs where I was told explicitly, you're doing a good job or you're Mm -hmm. doing a bad job. Being a waitress, you're doing a good job and making a shit ton of money or you're doing a shit job and you're getting shit tables and you're making no money. Right. Um, I've always worked in sales because sales is so easily tracked if you're doing a good or a bad job. So then yeah. you go from that to stay-at-home mom where no one tells you oh how you're gosh. doing ever. Uh, actually, it's the opposite. You're told... <laughs> 
you're not doing that right. That's you're not the how worst. dad does it. <laughs> you're not nice all day long. You're being a mean mom. And I'm like, Why does I your know. breath smell like that? Why does your hair <laughs> look like that? Oh, yeah. They told me I had bad hair today. And I was like, I know I'm getting it fixed. Oh Give me a break. Um, but Josh is always gift giving. And so, and I mean, I like getting gifts, but it's the same thing. Like, he mm-hmm. has bought me a Gucci bag and I love it, but right. we went and bought it together and mm-hmm. we bought it on a trip in New York City and he bought it while we were together and said like, you are su- you're such a good mom. You deserve a special treat and Aww. I want to take you to New York for the weekend. So like, so it's like a checked- symbol of that affirmation. It's a symbol That's of cool. words of affirmation, but also one year for Christmas, he bought me a fancy vacuum cleaner and I cried because I was so happy. And my mom was like, oh, a vacuum cleaner. That's like the gift a husband's never supposed to give you. And I was like, except for I'd been asking, Mm -hmm. saying how hard it was to keep up with two kids. So imagine the crumbs in my house. And he gave me something that I had said that I was having trouble with and fixed my problem. And I cried. I loved it so much. (laughs) I love that story. That's so cute. And it's it's hard for me because, you know, Brandon's, like I said, is gift giving. And to me, I'm like, do I really need to spend money on this? And it's hard. It is hard. Because that's not my love language, but I always have to remember like, it doesn't mean crap to him if I write him a note. It doesn't mean anything to him if I do all these other things, but get him a thoughtful gift and man is over the moon. So oh my I guess God, I need so to go get one soon. I got Josh a couple <laughs> pairs of Lululemon pants like a month ago and he wears them all the time and Aww. like, like loves them. And I yeah. haven't bought him anything for a really long time. And he really appreciates, and I bought new sheets mm-hmm. for the bed and he always says like how crappy our sheets are. And so I bought new sheets and he was like, these are so nice. Isn't like that cute. Yeah. It makes him so happy, even if it's just like something silly. And so oh, I bought I, Brandon some new shirts from Target and he, and I just told him, I was like, some of yours were looking a little dingy and I just, I know these aren't like anything fancy. And he just like was so over the moon. And he was like, thank you so much for thinking of me. Cause usually when I do a target order, it's like what we need for the house and then some clothes for the kids. And like these $15 shirts meant a lot to him. It was just really cute. And so, and I had never even heard of love languages until I met Josh and he had read it and he gave me the book. And I was like, this is like the weirdest bullshit I've ever seen. And then I like read it and realized what we both were. And because I was like, this is like horoscopes. I'm not reading this. Yeah. And I was like, oh no, we both do have these. And they are so profound in our marriage that I should go back and reread it and get some more tips on. So that's our Mm -hmm. other call to action. I'm going to start writing a honey do list and I'm going to go back and read our love languages book and find some tips. Here's a shortcut too. If you're not sure, and we'll talk about this on another episode, but I also have used it for my kids. Because theirs is completely different. Yeah, I want to do that for my kids too. Is there a social book to find out what your kids is or what? The website, it has, so it's been (gasps) updated. I don't know. It could have been in the last 10 years, but I went on there just to make sure I was using like the right terms and I'm going to link the website. And basically it has like you pick, it's, I can't remember all the categories, but it was like spouse, I think yourself, kids, and then one more. You can take a little quiz and figure it out about whoever you want. I'm so excited. Yeah. We should come back and do another episode about kids. I also think it would be beneficial. I kind of want to do an episode geared towards late teen, early 20s, because I see so many young girls making such bad choices. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, so that was close. me. <laughs> I, was, I was so close. I was so close to marrying the wrong guy multiple mm-hmm. times. 
And I was in multiple three to five year relationships that weren't serving me because I thought that was my one chance. Mm -hmm. And then when I finally broke up with that last boyfriend who was wonderful and I'm still like think the world of, but it just wasn't the correct decision for Mm me. And then when you find the one that makes it all make sense, that's sometimes when you're 28 or however old I was, but it's such a different click in your brain Mm -hmm. that I would love to do an episode for late teen, early twenties girls to say like, basically he's not that into you or he is that Mm -hmm. into you and what you really want in a life partner, because you don't know what you want in a life partner until you have kids and a kid gets sick or you have a parent Mm -hmm. that passes away and that person steps the fuck up. And that is the person you keep. Exactly. And if shit is hard and you're not married, chances are it's only going to get harder. I mean, I don't Unless know that they there's... have a miraculous come to Jesus moment. I don't Even know. then, it's going to be temporary yeah. because you can't change someone's DNA. Mm-mm. You got not a good one or you got you don't got a good one. And Josh has his flaws and his wild mm-hmm. tendencies, but he is such a good one at heart. Yeah. And Brandon, same. I think is the same. Exactly. Brandon's a ride or die. Josh is a ride or I die. I could not be married to anyone else. Nor and I always say I this. I could not be married to anyone else and no one else would put up with my shit. And <laughs> no one else would put up with their shit either. Like ah, I call exactly. that all the time. <laughs> We're all stuck together. <laughs> and you know, we preach mental health and that goes along with this too. Like marriage counseling is okay. Your grandma might say, you don't need that. Your in-laws, your parents might say, you don't need that. Do it. I know many couples that do it and don't tell anyone. You don't if have that's to. your you little secret, keep we'll it tell, secret, but you don't have to tell. Right? Yeah. Chances are if you find a good therapist, you can bring your kids. I have brought mine, put headphones on them and hooked up an iPad because we couldn't get a sitter or a sitter canceled or we were somewhat embarrassed to tell people we were going through that. But I will tell you when I've told people we were in counseling, they're like, can you send me the information? I really want to convince my husband, get your husband into therapy, have them try a few sessions. I swear it, it might not work right away, but it opens up so many doors. It's hard. Therapy is not an easy thing. It is hard shit, but it's good shit. Well, and we've also preached psychologytoday.com. Mm-hmm. You can look up, you can filter couples therapists and the Ooh, world is maybe we'll do that. Why did I That's not I, think to do that for myself? You know why I thought of it? Cause I was two nights ago after mine and Josh's big fight, like we're going to couples counseling. I'm going on psychologytoday.com. And then you can filter couples therapists in your state and why everything's telemed now. So now we don't even have to sneak around with a babysitter. We can like, yeah. Hey kids, go watch an episode of your lame wildcrats and I'll see you when dad and I are done with therapy. So you don't have to tell anyone about it right now. And the world is yeah. really opening up if you need some help to get through mm-hmm. this fucking pandemic and this world and this gross political mm-hmm. climate. I mean, it's a lot on everyone. And I will no. do one more therapy plug. I will say my husband is currently in therapy because there were a lot of issues with him separating work and home as well as communication. And he was the one that was like, I need to work on these. And that was like a huge aha moment for me. Mm-hmm. And I give him all the props. Yeah, Just one of us being in therapy does also help both of us. It I does. probably need to go back to my therapist soon just for like a check-in. Yeah. But even if your spouse is not willing, at least you get in the door. Yeah. And therapy guys, therapy is where it's at. So with that, Call your therapist or your couple's therapist. (laughs) (laughs) And take your meds.